0: It's time for Rudy Max's World with the Carries on the SSI Radio Network.
1: I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been
0: everywhere. To participate in the program, call us at eight hundred three eight seven eight zero two five. 800 387 8025 That's 1-800-387-8025. Or check in anytime online at RudyMaxa.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at World Travel. And now, welcome to America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World with the Carries. Well, instead of that
2: Johnny remix, maybe we should start off today's show with Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. It is coming up on Seven minutes past the hour, and you are tuned into America's number one travel radio show. You can hear in the background, actually, Mary and I are on remote today. We're at the Whitney Museum of American Art in snowy New York City. Mary, do you find it as crazy as I do that the news and the weather channels, they make it seem like the world is ending just because we're having snow in January?
3: I do. I think the media has a tendency to get us all into a little bit of a tizzy, but there is a bounce. There are about, the numbers were over 70,000 people are without power, and mostly in the Carolinas. Many flights have been canceled. And there are a lot so of flights canceled, that's true. Yeah, yeah. it that, certainly has impacted people, but you do have to kind of just rein it in a little bit and well, I know, I go know with that the
2: flow, because it is January. I do. Uh, I know that later in hour two of the show, Kevin McCollum, the top Broadway producer, He'll be here with us. So I'm going to borrow a line from a famous Broadway show. Uh-oh. And, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this. <laughs> here we go. I'm going to say it'll all work itself out as the sun will come oh, out tomorrow. Oh,
3: boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, but seriously, if you're in Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia or some of the surrounding areas down in Virginia and the Carolinas or trying to get you know to those areas, you're clearly dealing with some challenges. We understand that with the closed airports, the train delays, and so much more. So hopefully you're safe inside and ready to enjoy today's show. As I mentioned we are here at the Whitney Museum in the Meatpacking and Chelsea area of New York City. And regardless of the weather, uh, Mary, the program's going to go on today. It sure is.
3: Let's start with some news.
2: Uh, yeah, let, let's kick things off with some news.
3: Okay, so real quickly, since we are here in New York City, it was just announced this week that 2015 was the sixth consecutive year for record-breaking tourism in the city. New York welcomed an estimated 58.3 million visitors last year, an increase of 1.8 million visitors over a year ago. Those are crazy numbers. That, Visitation that, that, for big numbers. They are. Visitation for 2015 comprised 46 million domestic and 12.3 international visitors both at all-time high. So that's great news for New York City. Uh, in other news around the world, the zika virus spread by mosquitoes, which many of you may have been reading about and keeping up with in the news. The CDC issued a travel warning and added eight additional countries including Mexico and Puerto Rico to popular destinations for US mainland travelers, warning women who are pregnant to either avoid these countries or if you have to travel to them, wear proper clothing. Well, you know, I know that I know there's a prevent concern the mis- with bites. the Olympics
2: coming up this summer, yeah. people going to Brazil, that they may yeah. bring it back and that this may yeah. be an issue yeah. in the southeastern states. There's some states. sort
3: of connection to the virus and uh, birth defects. That's what they're what's coming out of Brazil. And, you know, it's all under investigation. But in the meantime, they are being cautious. If you want more details, you're planning on traveling to those countries, and you want a list of the countries, go to cdc.org.
2: All right. So what other news do we uh, have?
3: In the cruise world, Norwegian Cruise Line, Regent Seven Seas Cruises, and Oceana cruise ships announced this week they will not be cruising to Turkey in 2016. Why? Uh, in light of the recent security issues and recent attacks, well, okay, yeah, so tough it's, decision. That yeah. I guess the president was quoted as saying that it was uh, it was painful to take these itineraries out of their schedule for 2016, but he feels it's the right thing to do due to security. Well, for and, security
2: purposes, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you a couple I have here. First, what was last week we talked about? If you're an Amazon Prime member, you mentioned
3: Amazon Now. Yeah, Amazon mm-hmm. Now. All
2: right, so that they're going to be offering meal delivery, the one-hour for
3: f- delivery, and, and two-hour. Correct. A number
2: of cities. Well, right. I saw. Uh, actually, I think it was on Thursday this week that Uber, they announced that they are preparing a full-scale meal delivery service across 10 cities in the U.S. They're going to be in places Uber? like... Uh, Uber it's Yeah, yeah in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Austin, uh, you're going to be able to use Uber Eats uh-huh. to order food from full menus of dozens of local restaurants, uh, and then the food will be delivered by Uber drivers. Hmm. Uber Eats—it's an expansion of a lunchtime-only service that they began offering in dozens of cities last year, and it's going to really pull on their million-plus drivers that they have to deliver. They've been doing this in Toronto now, I guess, for the last month or so. The delivery is available between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m., and they say that the Uber driver will deliver that to you in about 30 to 40 minutes. So I think that's interesting. Again, mm-hmm. if people traveling business hotels, or sure. if you are—you know—you're not familiar with the area, you don't want to go out at night. Now you've got the Amazon option. So. We've got also Uber. Uh, and then I also saw this week that General Motors, on Wednesday, that they announced they've launched a new hourly car-sharing service that's going to compete with Zipcar and Car2Go and similar-type companies that target students, city dwellers, and travelers who don't own vehicles, but they want to rent one. The service is called Maven. They began on Wednesday in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They'll be expanding to an unspecified number of markets coming up. This is what I like, Mary. Mm-hmm. Every Maven vehicle will have GM's OnStar communication, you know, I'm a no, you're a non-star fan. Yeah, a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot for internet access. Uh, of in the course. course. Yeah. <laughs> Apple CarPlay and Android Auto uh, will be in all the vehicles. You don't so. even
3: have to get out of your car.
2: No, you don't. You don't. So, anything else you have?
3: <laughs> yeah. What do you think of airlines auctioning seats? You know, this uh, is I'm not this is family. growing. Just, just, just tell me this what is it is. Growing, I'll, I'll growing. This is growing, growing. and
2: get on. I, I there,
3: so apparently, there's more than 30 airlines currently auctioning seats, and it's been announced that in 2016, more and more airlines, Delta does it. KLM is a big airline for offering auctions for seats. Just more to do. Did you know that you can? E- you even have you have a chance to. Uh, have an empty seat beside you, if you want to bid on on a seat that has an empty seat (laughs) Uh, next to you. We just talked about this last week, about how to get perks and loyalty rewards, and now you can gamble, and you can bid and auction for the seat that you want. You can
2: stay in your hotel room, have your Uber driver delivered to you, and fly I don't want to work for my seat. seat. I just
3: really want a better price. Anything else? I have one more here. All right, so this is in Italy. This is kind of a fun... Well, it's not necessarily fun. It really depends on your perspective and what you think of this. There is a Tiny little fish restaurant in Rome where the manager got so fed up with kids under the age of five disrupting other patrons in the restaurant that he put a sign outside this week saying, uh, No kids under five allowed in the restaurant. He's banned kids. I did, he has. That. I did see that. And the Italian police are investigating no. the matter because no one can be denied the right to a restaurant in Italy.
2: Listen, if you're paying, I mean, if you- so, he owns the restaurant. Uh, he does. So he can make his decisions. I, but well, I would, I would if suggest. If it's within
3: the law, he can. Let's check back on this story. Yeah, I'm very three curious. To see three what months, comes out of I bet that. you he's out of business. I, I'm sure. Or the is. policy yeah. is. Changed. I mean, his TripAdvisor reviews have gone downhill. So anyway, all right. I want to remind everyone that we just launched our new website at rudymaxa.com. Be sure to check it out and vote in our polls about your favorite airline, your favorite travel movie. We've also just debuted all new social media for the program as well. Be sure to like us on Facebook at RM World Travel or connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at RM World Travel.
2: Yeah, we tried to make it easy to remember. The RM is for Rudy Maxa or Robert and Mary, and the World Travel is what we do here. So RM. World World travel. Coming up on the program today, we'll be taking you inside the Whitney with their Director of Visitor Experiences this hour and then their Chief Curator next hour. At 33 past the hour, we'll be discussing the various bike sharing programs now available around the country. Steve Clark of the League of American Bicyclists will join us. We'll take you to the Low Line, no, not the High Line that's adjacent to the Whitney, but instead the Low Line, so stay tuned for more on that. And Mary's made a new friend at a British store that's a few doors down in the Gansvort market. He'll be here for what I expect will be a fun segment. Then next hour, we'll be taking you to Italy. We'll visit with the Circle Line. And as I said earlier, Kevin McCullum will be here at the Whitney Museum to talk Broadway with us. If you're coming to New York or live nearby, this museum is terrific and a destination you'll definitely want to visit. When we come back from the Whitney Museum of American Art in snowy New York City, Adrian Hardwick, the head of Visitor Experiences, will join us. So we ask that you stay right where you are. We're back in a quick three minutes
0: i yeah. To join Rudy, Robert, and Mary, call 800-387-8025 or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at RM World Travel. We're coming right back.
3: If you travel regularly or know someone who does, then we have the perfect item for you, Lolly Zip. Lolly Zip's a TSA-compliant bag containing wide-mouth silicone squeeze bottles, multiple half-ounce jars, a nifty spray bottle, and more that you easily fill and use over and over again. No more hassles at airports, and Lolly Zip's also great for the spa, gym, camping, even a cruise. They offer many other cool travel products, so visit LollyZip.com today and save 20% site-wide when you enter Rudy at checkout. That's LollyZip.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Savvy
2: travelers know that there are river cruises, and then there are river cruises aboard the award-winning Emerald Waterways. You've heard Rudy, Mary, and me talking about Emerald for some time now. They offer excellent value and amenities not found with the competition. Their ships have onboard pools and cinemas, an innovative open-air system in all cabins on the Vista and Horizon decks. All gratuities, shore excursions, Wi-Fi, beer and wine, port charges, they're all included. Order your free brochure today at emeraldwaterways.com or rudymaxa.com under sponsors. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day. You get stuck writing huge checks and signing long-term contracts with no way out. It can cost you thousands, but there's a better way to protect your home. SimplySafeRudy.com home security. SimplySafeRudy.com has no contracts and you'll get award-winning 24-7 protection for just $14.99 per month. Go to simplysaveRudy.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25. You can also visit the all-new RudyMaxa.com and look under Sponsors. Have you tried a MyPillow yet? If not, we suggest you do. You've heard us talking about MyPillows for some time now, and there really is something special about them. They come with five different fill levels, so they're customized to the individual. They're the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation and come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Right now, they're offering a special deal for our listeners of a buy one, get one free offer on their premium pillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use promo code Rudy or go to RudyMaxa.com under Sponsors.
0: Rudy, Rob, to Mary, call anytime at 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook or Instagram at RM World Travel. Now, back to America's number one travel radio show.
2: Welcome back. It is 18 past the hour. Thanks for being here today as we broadcast from the Whitney Museum of Art in New York City. This portion of the show is sponsored by MyPillow.com. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own, get a MyPillow. The official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. Choose from five different fill levels to best meet your individual sleep needs. Whether it's a pillow for your bed at home or their excellent travel pillows, all of which can be washed and dried, they're guaranteed to give you the best sleep of your life or your money back. And right now, take advantage of a special buy one, get one free offer when you enter the promo code Rudy at checkout. That's R-U-D-Y. We're all loving these MyPillows on the show and you will too. Just visit MyPillow.com or the all new RudyMaxa.com, look under sponsors and enter Rudy at checkout.
3: Our next guest is Adrian Hardwick, the director of Visitor Experience here at the Whitney Museum of American Art. Last May, the Whitney relocated from its previous location on the Upper East Side of Manhattan on 75th Street to the Meatpacking District of the Lower West Side of Manhattan on Gansfort Street, overlooking the Hudson River. The Meatpacking District was once a very tough part of New York City, known more for industrial butchers and a little bit of danger, a rough neighborhood. Today, however, it's a vibrant and thriving section of Manhattan filled with stylish hotels, eclectic boutiques popular restaurants and some of the biggest art dealers in the world are just blocks away. And now the Whitney is here too. The Whitney focuses on 20th and 21st century art. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Adrian. it's nice
2: to have you on here. Today, I'm joking, I think it's going to be the British show because we've got somebody (laughs) coming up later in the hour also to share Mary's (laughs) heritage. Uh, So listen, this facility in modern, it clearly is making its mark. For folks listening around the country, can you share with them what led to the Whitney moving to this new location last year?
4: Sure. It's a long-dressed, station period, where the Whitney looked to expand its premises up on the Upper East Side on Madison Avenue. And for many, many reasons, different architects came up with different schemes and they're never quite successful in getting the right approach, which the city, the community, everybody liked. It was quite a constrained site, so it never felt like there was enough room anyway. So size was clearly a size factor. Size was yeah. a factor. Okay. The opportunity here came about really by accident. The factor. was going to create a gallery in this space and, in the end, step back from their plans. The city came to us and said would we be interested? And Adam Weinberg, the director of the museum, and a couple of the trustees went to have a look and could see the potential that it offered us. Well, Um, I
2: I think one of the things, this is an eight-story museum. mm -hmm. The building itself, frankly, is just as much of an experience as the art that's on display. So you seem to capture the energy of the city in this facility in many ways uh, and, and welcomed it into the museum, unlike the other location where you kind of shut it out a bit. So w- why?
4: I think for me, museums and galleries change. I mean, the Brewer building, it's an iconic building. Mm-hmm. It's built in 1966. Everybody loves it. But it was a different phase of museum's history. And I think what Renzo did to great effect, Renzo Piano, the architect, sure, sure. was to open up this building. So the way in which you always have views to the Hudson River, and back across the rooftops of the city is quite extraordinary. The building's transparent. It almost floats. It feels like a boat. Yes, the and river. the
3: external yeah. staircase, that's from the eighth to the,
4: to the sixth, sixth floor. floor. Okay. And then there's also a terrace on the fifth floor. So right. all of the galleries have outside spaces. Right. And even in this Arctic weather, people are going outside yes, and we using them. They are. It is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. And I think that way in which those terraces have been used for arts, but also the way in which they give you those views down to the World Trade Center, to the Statue of Liberty. They connect you to the city and also give you such an unusual That's what I was saying view. about the yes. energy. You can and feel it.
3: On yeah. that point, we saw people taking photos both in and, of course, out of the city. So they're experiencing so much when they're here. Now, the previous location, no photos were allowed. No. Correct? So what came about with that change, um, allowing photography inside the museum? I think, again,
4: the advent of social media the way in which people use cell phones to take photographs all the time, museums and galleries have to change with the times as well and not remain static. People want to go away with their souvenir photograph of their photograph of their family or their friend with a work of art, and it's also a fantastic promotion for us if yeah. well, we we we're sharing But concerned. no selfie
3: sticks, right? No, no selfie okay. sticks. No, and they're never good for us. No, no, absolutely, they're not good for life. <laughs> uh, what about the timed? What is it? The time ticket program yeah. you have to manage the visitor flow. How are you? finding that's going.
4: Yeah, it's going very well. We always encourage people to book tickets in advance with us. Um, there's no penalty for doing so. So often if you book a ticket for anything in advance, you'll get charged an administration or a management fee. Right. We don't do that. So the price you pay to book your ticket in advance is exactly the same as if you queued up and lined up on the street outside. No, and so. It does
2: manage the flow. There's no question. So if you're just joining us, we're broadcasting today from the Whitney Museum in New York City, and we're speaking with the director of visitor experience Adrian Hardwick so Adrian now we're going to get a little personal with you okay uh, you were recruited from London's Tate Modern I believe you were there what, a little over 20 years
4: yeah 22 years okay
2: 22 years I'm sorry. Yeah. how have your experiences there at Tate influenced or shaped what you're now offering here to visitors at the Whitney in New York
4: I mean, I suppose one of the things I... I was very proud of what I'd achieved over 22 years at Tate, and I'd worked through sort of eight or nine roles in the museum. And when I left, I was Director of Visitor Experience in Estates for Tate Modern and Tate Britain, those two galleries welcoming in six million visitors a year. What I didn't want to do when I arrived here was just take what I'd done at Tate and try and you know copy that and put that onto the Whitney. So I spent the first six months, eight months of my job really just talking to people, getting understanding of the pace of the museum, the pace of life here in New York, which is very different to the pace of life in London. And I hadn't to, noticed that at all. <laughs> coming, <sorry. laughs> try, trying to sort of think differently about um, how we could welcome people into the museum. I suppose the thing that I really wanted to do was take a noticeable step forward for the welcome that we offered to people on arrival. And also, you know, on the gallery floors themselves, we have a team of volunteers called our Whitney Ambassadors, who are there situated outside the elevators on the four gallery floors, mm-hmm. just there to help. And that's been a tremendous success. People volunteer two and a half hours a week. There are over 95 volunteers. We've been open eight months. Do they go and, through
3: a training program? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very
4: light touch training program, but only two people have given up volunteering for us. That's extraordinary. Wow. I mean, you have to retain that number of people. So Since the opening?
3: Yeah.
4: Fantastic. All right, that explains it. Yeah. yeah.
3: How do you take a pulse? I mean, you obviously sound very involved. You talk to visitors. You, mm-hmm. How do you take the pulse of what you're doing as director of visitor experience to ensure you're making those goals? And
4: I think the most useful thing I can do is to remain available and listening to my team. So, you know, I spend most of my day talking to staff and trying to kind of get inside their heads and see if they've got creative ideas about how we can improve things each and every day. Um, The visitor services team have a meeting every night where they just talk about what's gone well, what's gone not so well, and do things differently the next day. So it's always involving, engaging your staff, being available, and valuing them above everything.
2: Well, when you say the word engaging, we're sitting today uh, in the meatpacking district in the Chelsea area of New York City. So how engaged are you with the community at this point? I mean, are you... Do you have any shared programs going on with anybody or how...
4: Yeah, so... It was very important for us to not to arrive like an alien spaceship just Just landed in in the meatpacking district. (laughs) So before I arrived, the team had done an enormous amount of work with the local community, both with businesses, with local residences. And this really is a thriving part of the city right now. Absolutely. So it's both an area where people live and work. There are a large number of restaurants. There's some great boutiques. There's all sorts of things. And I think it's a sort of place where people want to be. It's proximity to the High Line is the other side of yeah, things. Sure. And it brings people down here all times of year. We were wondering what would happen, you know, the weekends. Would it remain as busy during these winter months when it is cold down here? It's
3: certainly proving to be.
4: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. The same number of people came last weekend as did, you know, in June. It continues to be incredibly successful.
3: So we're sitting here on the third floor in the Laurie M. Tisch Education Centre, which is a wonderful feature of this museum. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: Sure. We run family programs here at the weekends. Mm -hmm. We also bring Bring in school groups and hundreds and hundreds of school groups. We saw children. that earlier yeah, we, we and we heard, heard it, yes, so you hear the right, kids yeah, yeah. coming
3: in and out. It's great.
4: And you may well hear them again yes. in the next few minutes when those yeah. elevators <laughs> open. Um, so we do active programs in the classroom behind us, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of doing, making, involving people with art. So it's not just sort of teaching on the floors, you know, in a sort of classroom environment in front of the art, it's making and doing as well. I think, you know, education practice has really transformed itself over the last few years into making and doing and getting people to understand the creative process of art.
2: Adrian, we're, we're almost out of time, uh, but if folks are coming to New York or they want to learn more about the Whitney, where should they go?
4: The websites are great. Just to start. Whitney.org? Whitney.org. Okay,
2: so Whitney.org. Go check it out. There it is. There's so much stuff that's going on. Adrian, very nice to meet you. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: All right, when we come back, We're going to take a look at the various bike sharing programs now available around the country, including right here in New York with City Bikes. Steve Clark with the League of American Bicyclists join Mary and me starting in three minutes.
0: Rudy Maxa's World with the Carries. Phone lines are open 24-7 at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at rudymaxa.com. We're back after these messages. For over 75 years, Geico's been about consistency, as in we've consistently helped people save money on their car insurance. And to prove it, we'll air one of our first radio commercials from over 75 years ago.
5: At Geico, we're all about consistency, as in we consistently help people save money on their car insurance. To prove it, you can call Geico. Call us today, call us tomorrow, call us 75 years from now.
0: That was way more consistent than I expected. Geico, saving people money for over 75 years.
1: When you book your next trip with Orbitz, you can get Orbitz rewards and then use your rewards instantly. Get it, use it. Now, to remember this, we wrote you a dramatic poem. Get it, use it. Get it, use it. Get it, use it. Get it, use it, get it, use it, get it, use it. Book your trip with Orbitz, get Orbitz Rewards, and use them instantly, only on Orbitz. Orbitz Rewards, instant vacation gratification. Learn more today by visiting Orbitz.com rewards.
0: are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at RudyMaxa.com Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World with the Carries.
2: It is 33 past the hour, thanks for tuning in today We're on remote at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York City
3: This portion of the program is sponsored by LollyZip.com if you're a regular traveler like us, eliminate annoying airport security with the LolliZip Travel Kit. It's TSA compliant and allows you to take the convenience of your home on all your travels. No more hassles at airports and it even works in the spa, gym, camping, or a cruise. They also offer many other cool travel products to make your ventures from home easier and fun. So visit LollyZip.com today and be sure to enter promo code Rudy, R-U-D-Y, at checkout to save 20% site-wide. You can also visit the all-new Rudy RudyMaxa.com under Sponsors.
2: Actually, and when you do go there, it's just very simple. You go to RudyMaxa.com, click on Sponsors, and some of the folks are even on the homepage. So, loving the lollyzips, though. Loving
3: the lollyzips. Absolutely. So, bike-sharing programs have really been establishing themselves here in the U.S. in recent years. Last year, New York City hit a record with its City Bikes program, and there are dozens of cities across the U.S. now offering bike-sharing. So we invited Steve Clark, the Community Program Specialist with the League of American Bicyclists to join us today. So Steve,
2: I believe bike sharing started in Europe, and if I'm correct, Paris. Uh, Certainly every area of London is covered. Mexico City is big. And now here in the States, it's catching on in a major way in cities like New York, where we're broadcasting from today, Washington, D.C. I was just out in Chicago. They have an active bike sharing program. Minneapolis, I mean, Tampa, San Diego, Portland, I could go on and on. They're all doing well. (laughs) I think my favorite may be Seattle, where they have an airline, Alaska Airlines, sponsoring their bike programming. Right. But but why do you think bike sharing has caught on in such a major way.
6: Well, Robert, you're exactly right. You know, I travel around the country, and it seems to me there are two types of cities right now, those that have bike sharing and those that want it, and they're mm-hmm. working very hard to try to get it because it just is something that has captured the, the attention of the public. It's kind of like this. First of all, it has to be viewed as a... It's another public transportation option, but it turns out it's, it's the most fun. It's the most cost-effective. It allows you to catch that subway or the bus um, without having to walk, you know, five or six blocks or or more. And it's not uncommon. I was going to say, it's not Go ahead. That's right. No, it's like this perfect um, connection with the other public transportation options. But a lot of people are just, they just see the bikes and they say, wow, that looks like fun. And they yeah. just ride around, and they, they see the city in a different way than they ever did before.
3: Absolutely. And so speaking of uh, cities, New York had an amazing year last year. Ten million biking trips they hit in one That's year. Do you have any fun Better facts? Better London. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's I, a huge I, but number. That's like,
2: I saw a statistic. It's like th- every 3.5 seconds last year, somebody was taking a bike Yeah. Trip.
3: Do you have any quick fun facts for us on how that program's faring in New York? It's obviously faring fairly well.
6: Well, it definitely is the biggest one in mm-hmm. our country, and one of the largest in in the world. And it, you know, a lot of people were skeptical when it first when they first announced it, right. thinking, you know, this is not going to work in New York, and we don't, you know, all kinds of reasons. But the fact is. The infrastructure in New York for bicycling has become much better. It has. And they, you know, people are attracted to, to these bikes. So the average the average um, use of a bike, the city bike in, in New York, is getting uh, five to six trips per day. So that's good. It's a little yeah. bit lower than what they get in Paris. But, right. Um, but much higher than any other any other city.
3: So, Steve, tell. And, uh, sorry, Steve. Tell us what you're doing. You recently visited 11 different cities across the country. You're with the League of American Bicyclists. What do you do, and what do you look for when you go to these cities to look at their programs?
6: So, yes, in one year I visit. Uh, well, last year I visited 80 cities, and my last, my, my most recent trip it was a 11 city mm-hmm. visit, basically. I I try to combine cities that are in close proximity, and so I can bike from one city to the other. Right. But my job is to actually help cities to become more bicycle-friendly. I am probably the only person in the country with the job title, Bicycle-Friendly Community Specialist. hmm <laughs> And this is being... <laughs> it's a great uh, job. This is, yeah. It's part of um, the League of American Bicyclists' initiative for their Bicycle-Friendly America program. And my job is really to help cities to become more bicycle friendly. We're looking for a comprehensive approach. So it's not just the, you know, having bike lanes and bike paths, but also the education that's going on, the encouragement efforts, uh, enforcement, and to the extent that Cities are doing evaluation. Well, we call well, it Steve
2: five Steve, okay. we're going to have to have you back on the show for a longer segment. Unfortunately, we've got a tight clock, so I'm going to say you'll find info at bikeleague.org and Steve Clark, thank you very much.
6: Oh, thank you, Robert. Thanks, Steve.
3: yeah, thank you. A
6: real pleasure.
2: You know, we'd enjoy hearing about your experiences with city bike sharing programs around the country. Uh, whether it's in your own home community, whether you use it for work, or wherever you may have traveled and rented them, saw a lot today coming into the Whitney. Uh, there's so many in the area. So send us an email from the show's new website at rudymaxa.com. Just click on the Contact Us tab and then fill out whatever you want to send to us, and the message will come right to us. But we do like the programs, Mary. And uh, we do
3: definitely. Yeah, I saw those. And
2: there's the kiosks right on the corner. There's a couple of
3: stations right around over here, 14th the Whitney. Street. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. ready to? ride
2: yeah I, I think yep. so maybe well I don't know about the with the weather today but all right up next James Ramsey co-founder of the Lowline, joins Mary and me here at the Whitney Museum what is the Lowline? well I'll tease it by saying it's innovative and if it works like it's projected to we'll likely be seeing more of these around the country in the years ahead so we'll get into specifics with James and that all starts in three minutes
0: Rudy world with the carries by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back.
2: Have you tried a MyPillow yet? If not, we suggest you do. You've heard us talking about MyPillows for some time now, and there really is something special about them. They come with five different fill levels, so they're customized to the individual. They're the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation and come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Right now, they're offering a special deal for our listeners of a buy one, get one free offer on their premium pillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use promo code Rudy or go to RudyMaxa.com under sponsors.
7: What would an extra $250 a month mean to you? For some, it's a little financial breathing room. For others, it's a car payment, a home repair, or help with college tuition. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans, and I've got some great news if you're looking to save money on your mortgage. All it takes is a simple phone call to Quicken Loans at 800-QUICKEN to see if you qualify for the government's Home Affordable Refinance Program, or HARP. Folks who refinance with HARP can save an average of $250 a month. That's $3,000 a year. Our home loan experts fully understand the HARP guidelines and they'll walk you through our streamlined process. And for six years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction. And for the second year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or visit quickenloans.com. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equalizing lender, license in all 50 states, NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. This Valentine's
2: Day, give the gift that costs less than roses and lasts forever. Name a star after someone you love. I'm Rocky Mozo with International Star Registry. Call 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com and tell that special someone how much you care. For $54, we will send a beautiful personalized gift, and the new star name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Make it a Valentine's Day you will treasure forever. Call 800-282-3333
0: or visit StarRegistry.com and give the gift of a star. And now, a touching moment while staying in touch with GEICO.
1: It was a warm summer day. I was just sitting on a porch watching a babbling brook roll by. Then, out of the blue, I got an update from my GEICO app saying my claim had been processed. I felt so connected to nature, to GEICO. (laughs) I stayed there the whole afternoon until that guy told me to stop trespassing on his porch. Sheesh, what was his problem? Claim status updates just a few taps away on the GEICO app. If you've got aches,
2: pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor.
3: Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone.
2: For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com.
0: participate in the program, call anytime at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world with the Carries.
2: It is 43 past the hour. We hope you're enjoying the weekend. Thanks for spending part of it with us today as we broadcast from the Whitney Museum in New York City. This portion of the program is sponsored by Orbits.com. Have you tried using Orbits.com for your travel needs? This is the site that Rudy, Mary, and I use frequently, and we like it for its convenience and value. If you're planning a trip for leisure or business, or maybe a last-minute getaway, whatever it is, let orbits.com handle it for you. From hotels and resorts to airline tickets, car rentals, vacation packages, and more, orbits.com is your one-stop shop for online travel needs. And when you book using orbits.com, you'll earn instant rewards to use instantly. It's always nice. Check out orbits.com today for your travel needs or the all-new RudyMaxa.com under sponsors and let them know you're a listener of the show.
3: James Ramsey is co-founder of The Low Line. The Low Line is a project that attempts to use innovative solar technology to illuminate an underground historic trolley terminal on Manhattan's Lower East Side and create an exciting urban environment, not above ground, but below. How often when visiting a city do you seek out the park for a respite? Imagine going underground for your garden escape. James, our time is short, so let's get right into it. Okay. One of the more popular things to do here is walk above the ground on the High Line, right outside the Whitney here. What you're creating is a completely different concept. It's an underground park. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Right. So. Um basically having developed this advanced solar technology, we can actually use it to relocate natural sunlight down into a completely forgotten underground space and use that natural sunlight to grow plants and create you know, something that we really feel uh, would be of great benefit to both the community and the city. And so if you imagine a day like today, right. you know, it would probably actually maybe be nicer to be down there to than be down to be walking around the, the High Line. Yeah.
3: Now, did you invent this technology?
1: I thought of this technology. It's been experimented with quite a bit, actually, before uh, starting back in the 70s in Japan.
2: Okay. All right, currently the low line, the underground park, uh, you're testing it in a lab, so to speak, growing plants and monitoring the environment. How's it going so far? And I'm curious, really, how do you go about getting the sunlight in there?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, we're having a great time with it so far. Uh, We opened back in October and took an abandoned warehouse nearby the actual site and installed an incredibly sophisticated set of optical technologies onto the roof to sort of mine and harvest natural sunlight. And so we have a bunch of mirrors they track the sun, they concentrate sunlight down. 30 times into this super concentrated almost, this is going to sound ridiculous, but like almost a laser of, of, of okay. super concentrated light. So it works with Star Wars every yeah, now and Yeah, a death ray so basically. Right. No, <laughs> um, and we use that light and we can basically send it through plumbing, get it over uh, into the building, where we then spread it back out and we're using that to actually grow real plants. So for us, it's a test facility that allows us to experiment with our technology and allows us to experiment with, well, what plants we're actually capable of keeping alive. Right. Um, but it's also open to the public on weekends. So uh, you know in another respect it's a showcase of what we're doing and hopefully it's something that we can use to um, generate a little bit of excitement
3: so and the lab is going fairly well I think so yeah good yeah. and that's kind of your precursor to the grander project uh, what are you targeting in terms of the expansion of the project date wise
1: yeah um, so we'd like to start building it within the next two years okay. and we've envisioned that the actual construction process would take a, about two years which is actually kind of perfect this is something that's never existed anywhere in the world before right and so we kind of have a lot of homework to do. And
2: do you see applications that could actually be brought to other cities? As we have people around the country listening, can they look forward to low lines in their communities?
1: Well, you know, we've talked to any number of municipalities about this kind of thing. Nothing really concrete yet. But yeah, I mean, I think just the general idea of getting sort of a little bit scrappier about the way we think about urban space and public space is obviously something that's really taking off right now. But in particular, you know, using technology in this way to really do things that no one would have ever thought was possible. This is hopefully a template for all those yeah, sorts of absolutely. The world, really, yeah. And the
3: advantage you have is clearly for the, one of the first, or the first in the world, is you're reclaiming a space that already existed and you're doing something with it with technology. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I mean, look, New York City's this giant ancient layer cake of, you know, like a It's like a giant uh, historical baklava. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so being able to actually peel away these sediments of history and get down into something that's, you know, over 100 years old and use technology to do that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, what's is. What's
2: been your biggest challenge so far with the low line?
1: Well, you know, I always kind of say that, like, you can categorize our challenges into kind of three buckets. The first is just the raw horsepower of technological and engineering finesse, the political um, hurdles that we have to surmount to actually gain access to the space, sure. and uh, money.
2: Money, yeah. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's everything. Well, and on that note, if folks want to learn a little bit more about the low line, what's the website?
1: It's uh, thelowline.org. Don't look up lowline.com. It's, it's about a, a type of cattle called lowline.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the lowline. Okay, so it, dot it. .org, right. very important. Interesting. James, thank you very much. Really <laughs> thank appreciate you it. Thank you. So we really do look forward to seeing how it takes shape. All right, up next, we're going to introduce you to a fun new friend, Mary Met, at the Gansevoort Market next door to the Whitney. We're going to learn some of the British influences that he's bringing here to the Big Apple. Personally, I think it's all Mary because <laughs> you and he are British, but uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. Roger Clark joins
0: us in three minutes. connect with the program, call 800-387-8025, or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to America's number one travel radio show.
2: Welcome back. It is 52 past the hour. I hope you're enjoying a nice weekend wherever or however you're tuning in today. Thanks for being here with Mary and me as we broadcast from the new Whitney Museum in the Meatpacking District of New York City. This portion of the program is sponsored by Emerald Waterways. For a limited time, book a European river cruise in a panorama balcony, grand balcony, or owner's one bedroom suite, and fly for free. This offer applies to select sailings from March through August 2016. Emerald Waterways was just rated the best river cruise for value by Cruise Critic editors, and their ships include features like onboard pools and cinemas, an innovative open-air system in all cabins on the Vista and Horizon decks, and so much more. Sounds great, Mary, doesn't it? It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) For info or your free brochure, go to EmeraldWaterways.com or the all-new RudyMaxa.com under Sponsors and be sure to tell them you heard about it on Rudy Maxa's World with the Carries.
3: Yes. New York City is a great city in many ways, but like any big city, it's a tough town to start a business, let alone run a business for over 30 years. The Myers family came to the States in 1972 from Keswick, England, and once settled what began as a home project of making sausage rolls and other savory British treats for friends turned into a home catering business run out of their apartment, and eventually led them to open their famous shop, Myers of Keswick, for New Yorkers and travelers from around the globe. Here with us today is family member Roger Clark, who runs an extension of the shop in the Gansevoort Market. Just a few steps down from where we're broadcasting today. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank
5: you for having me. Yeah, thank and you. And I, I, I do have to point out, and I have to tell this to about uh, 200 people a year, but it's Myers of Keswick. Keswick. <laughs> All
3: right. Yeah, so that's Keswick. it. Keswick. Yeah,
2: Keswick. So we'll have I'm to do some Myers Brit. of Keswick. Bye. I'm sorry, but the W <laughs> is
5: silent, and yeah. i uh, being a proud Keswickian.
2: No,
3: good thing you set us straight right away.
2: So the Myers of Keswick, the W is silent on that. So your, your shop over on Hudson Street, it's like stepping into an authentic English market. And your Gansvort spot, obviously that's pretty happening. What do you hear from your British customers when they visit?
5: Um, well, I primarily now are based inside the, uh, the Gansvort market running the English Pantry, which is our little pop-up location from Myers of Keswick. Um, uh, both places are very uh, pleasing to the English people. I think it's very much provides a sense of uh, comfort food, which is... What the store has basically been operating uh, as for 30 years is a a little place where people can come and get their home comforts and their treats of uh, things they miss from england Uh, the store we only supply stuff that is not really available uh, anywhere else we import it all directly from England uh, and it really is just basic English groceries but just things that are not really found commonly on the shelves of New York City delis no. or stores around America.
3: So the British that sure. come they
2: feel right at home.
5: Absolutely yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well I know when we walked in uh, I felt like I was walking into my grandmother's old English pantry I'm half English and I saw things in there I haven't seen in years. Share with us how you got involved in this family business and give us your best New York accent when you do that. Because uh, okay. you can tell you you've yeah. really, you adjusted well to New York. Yeah. Well let
5: me tell you the question I get asked most times in a day and that is what's a Cornish pasty, and of course it's a Cornish pasty. Uh, right, if, if we are that
3: part I do know. I know it's pronounced a pasty. Yeah.
5: Um, so I, I personally came here in the uh, the end of 1997 mm-hmm. uh, to work for my uncle's store, which at Christmas is a very very busy location. Uh, it's not uncommon to see a line around a block, as I guess at Christmas time people crave the comforts of home more than uh, any other time of the year. So I came to work for him at a very busy period where myself and another couple of my friends would come over. We would actually sleep on the basement of the store because we are only here temporary. Um. We were either busy working the store or out enjoying New York City's nightlife. So when I came to sleep on the kitchen floor, that was not a problem. Um, And then from then, I just stayed on. The store was progressively getting busier and busier. So uh, it became a full-time job for myself, and I've been here ever since.
2: I think that's the yada, 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 right? So yada, 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 yada. here you are, fast forward. So I'm curious, Roger, how has the new Whitney, just a couple doors down, how has that impacted your business?
5: Well, certainly the new location, which is the English Pantry inside the Gunsvot Market, the business is really, really driven heavily by the Whitney Museum. Uh, And unfortunately, case of point is when the Whitney closes on a Tuesday, uh, there's a significant drop-off in people in the Gansborough market, so it really shows how important to the market the Whitney Museum is. Are you excited about the new Gansvort market that's coming? I am very excited, yes. I think that will appeal to uh, a wider audience. I think the people that have been walking to the Whitney will still have to walk past the location, so we will get those people and also a lot more people who work and live in the neighborhood as well.
3: Right. Now, I know you said Christmas is a very busy time of the year for you guys. What do you find visitors, whether it's New Yorkers, tourists, what are they coming in for? Are they coming in for the handmade items, the sausages? Are they buying the candies, the, the pantry items?
5: If we're talking specifically at Christmas, there's a certain few products that we make. Uh, one is a mince pie,
3: You do, which yeah. which is also
5: known as a mince meat tart yeah. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make about $25,000 in the month of December. Uh, we can This year we implemented some changes and we were able to uh, meet demand a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a record-breaking year. So the mince pies are really the big ones Do you Christmas. ship
2: anything if folks are listening around the country? We ship
5: they're... all around the country, yes. Uh, even the fresh produce, we have systems in place to be able to get to any part of the country.
2: You do. All right, that, that's terrific. As far as the, the marketplace itself, are there more locals that are coming, or do you find for what you're offering, there are going to be more tourists that are coming? I think visitors?
5: we're lucky because we're an established business in the neighborhood for 30 years. So people are excited, our existing customers are excited to see what next step we've taken. And the fact that in the pantry within the market, we serve a lot more products rather than sell products. Right. Uh, in the store, we only, we don't, the stuff is to be taken home and consumed at home.
2: All right. Well, Roger Clark, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm sure you and Mary, both being English, had nothing to do with your <laughs> schedule. Not at uh, all. If you want to check out the website, it is just Myers of Keswick. Keswick. Uh, but yes. I'm going to spell it uh, Myers of Keswick. You would want to spell it that way K E S W I C K. Myers of Keswick.com, but you pronounce it Keswick. Roger, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Mary, we've reached the end of hour one. Reminder to everyone: we've just launched the new website, so please do check that out and hit all our social media. We're going to be back at the top of the hour with a full hour coming to you from the Whitney Museum, including a visit to Italy. We'll check in with the Circle Line. We're going to talk to the owner of the amazing race New York and three-time Tony Award-winning Broadway producer Kevin McCullum will be here. So stay right where you are. There's so much more ahead.
0: We're back in about six minutes.